Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Today I'm with Bronco Cerny, who's co-founder and CEO at Immediately App. And Bronco, before you uh, interject, I just want to say how amazing and how, how well accomplished you are uh, academically as well. I mean, Dartmouth uh, College, you've done TEDx, uh, uh, Dartmouth speeches in the past, you were at Google, really great stuff. How are you? I'm good, and you're too kind. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate it as a CEO of a company, especially an early stage business. You know, I know how crazy it gets, so uh, so really appreciate it. Why don't you take a second to kind of just tell the audience a little bit about your background? How did you go from like what you know, an Ivy League school, to now torturing yourself doing a startup? Of course, yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> you got a lot on there. Um, yeah, man. I, I grew up in Prague in the Czech Republic, and then I came out to the States for, uh, for Dartmouth, and I thought I was going to be a lawyer, um, which would have been a disaster because I, just like most entrepreneurs, have awful ADHD and can only pay attention for like seven seconds. Um, and so I studied, I ended up studying psychology at Dartmouth, and um, I, I didn't build in a technical background, but, but I became really fascinated as I studied psychology and, and cognition. Um, by how destructive bad technology can be. Um, I was uh, at that point already in school really busy with a bunch of projects that I was doing, like the TEDx conference that you mentioned. And I would, just like we all do now, get nonstop notifications on my iPhone. And, and then when I learned that research shows that it takes up to 15 minutes to recover full focus on a task, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. We have all this extremely powerful stuff but it's also potentially hurting us and, and it could be better. And, and, and so that was kind of the optimization opportunity that without even having much knowledge about Silicon Valley or the tech world or anything like that, it, it kind of started um, rumbling through my head. And then when I graduated, I took a job at Google um, in their marketing program. And at that point though, me and my co-founder James were already working on this stuff together um, kind of hacking on prototypes for what better kind of more human user centric design for, for business productivity could look like. And, and after a couple months at Google, it just kind of became clear that I was too restless to, to, to be at a large company and, and that I was kind of like inherently craving the, like I could feel that it's going to be really hard and, and shitty at times, but I was kind of inherently craving those challenges that, that come with starting something from scratch. And so um, Absolutely. 2013. Well, let's unpack that for a second, the restlessness, because I completely get what that means and what that means for me specifically. Like, you know, when I'm working for someone else, uh, you know, early on, sometimes it's, it's a lot of fun, but you know, I, I like to say it normalizes and then I just become incredibly restless. Like I want to do more. And as the company grows, you almost sort of do less because you have to hire people. And, you know, I guess depending on, on, you know, what kind of organizational structure you have, but let's unpack that. What did, what does that actually look like being restless at your day job? Yeah. Well, I think it's like a sp specific type of temperament that you have or something that you're born with where I think, you really want to be challenged at like a, 
at a really profound level all the time. And, and I think that's what makes entrepreneurship so hard and so rewarding at the same time is I think the challenges are more personal than they are business challenges in the conventional sense of the word. And, and that's what I think you're restless about is, is that you want that, you know, it, it's, it's less succeed as a founder. It's not like the MBA stuff that, that you need. Um, it, it's, it's stuff that, that like a good grandparent will teach you, you know, it, it's, you can't find in a business book how to be authentic as a leader, how to manage your internal emotional state, how to know your limitations so that you can avoid like making decisions based on bad cognitive biases and all of that. You just kind of have to grow as a person um, and, and you have to learn how to, how to every day when it gets rough, inspire confidence in your team. And, 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 and you know, the challenge is, you have to hire the best people. You have to attract the best investors. And you're always punching way above your weight class. And, and to do all of that, you need to make people fall in love with whatever it is that you're doing. And, and to accomplish that, you need to really be in love with that um, in a really profound way. And, and, and even on a shitty day, you need to be able to project that out. And, and I think in order to get all of that done, um, you, know, you need to know yourself really well and and the challenges are kind of like lonely and, and and hard and it can get sad at times and 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 they, but how do you deal with those moments like the lonely the sad like yeah well i think you have to realize just how rewarding it is um because then you know when you when you realize that you know you've been running a company for a while and, and you will get faced with just about all of the rough stuff that you can right like bad luck burnout lawsuits betrayal impacted health because you forget to sleep and and then you realize that how you respond to these things defines your quality as a founder and and these things are very much the stuff of life right that they're not they're not just challenges that are particular to your actual business and, and so then you get to reflect on that and realize, wow, I, I in order to thrive as a founder, I, I'm kind of learning how to thrive as a person, how to, how to enable myself and the people around me to be happy and succeed and, and how to deal with whatever life throws my way. And there's nothing more rewarding than that. And I think that's what we're restless about. That's what we crave. It's just getting better at being a good human and at, at having integrity and fortitude and, and, and just kind of taking life and seizing it you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I like to focus on what I like to call the, the gooey stuff. And for me, that's the stuff that really matters. And, you know, the strategies and the processes and the tools that you use to set up your whatever stack, whether it's your sales stack marketing, whatever it is, right? All the tactical business stuff. I think those things are important, but I think if you're missing the human component, I, I, I think that uh, that you're really at a disadvantage. Let's talk a little bit about what kind of advice you would give a, a young entrepreneur out there about preparing themselves for this journey. You see the media and and you know all these these now HBO has a show and gosh it seems like everyone's talking about Silicon Valley now, Valley now right and and they're really sort of like I think portraying it in a way that's inaccurate right that's really kind of portraying this sort of you know, Mark Zuckerberg type, type story, you look at the movie Facebook, right? And, and I think that's a, it's, it's certainly sensationalism. I mean, it was true, but you know, what are the odds, right? Nine out of 10. Yeah. And, it, and it kind of skips all of the important pieces. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. if you're a young, exactly, right? Uh, if you're a young entrepreneur out there, like who's listening to this or watching this 
this episode, what would you say to them about preparing themselves? And this is really more like mentally preparing themselves for this journey, uh, for this journey of not only building the business, but becoming uh, a, a stronger leader. Yeah. Um, well, on a personal level, um, being a founder, you know, it is a deeply personal journey. Um, you'll be pushed to understand yourself in, in a real way and we'll have to develop extremely fast as a person, as an individual in order to succeed. And, and it won't be, it will always be at the worst possible moment when you're the most busy and you just need to be like dealing with email, but really instead you should be spending the day like introspecting and, and figuring out what's wrong that makes you always like react poorly or whatever it is that you need to work on. And, and, and that can get really lonely um, and, and really hard. But I think it's such a privilege, you know, it, it's, you, you, when you're in a large company, you're working for somebody, towards somebody else's dream, enabling that company to succeed. Um, when you're a founder, you're creating something from the heart and, and the investment that you make primarily is in yourself as a human. And, and then it hopefully extends into creating value for others, but, but it really um, is predicated on investing in yourself. And I think that's a wonderful privilege. Let me ask you about organizations, right? You mentioned working for someone else. By the way, I've never been able to do it too long. Yeah. Um, I, I've been, uh, you know, whenever I have hung out at companies longer than a couple of years, let's say two years, it's because, you know, I was early there and uh, my, like my best friends were the, the, uh, the leadership there. But, you know, are companies actually like set up to continue to foster this entrepreneurial energy or this like ability to just do things without a lot of red tape because it's just, it almost seems like once you're outside of that core group, you already have layers, right? And there, now there's an inherent separation between the founder who will give their left arm for this company and then someone who's not doing, would never give their left arm. Maybe they're taking risk, right? But they're still taking a salary and they're still, you know, still a w, you know, W2 employee, right? That's very different than being this founder. Are companies set up to do that? I haven't seen it. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to like dismiss all large companies because, you know, God bless people that, that can create an organization that gives a great livelihood to a thousand people, you know, it's remarkable. But yeah, I think by definition, um, a startup, it, it like doesn't make any like mathematical sense or something, right? It's not rational. You're saying, oh, it's me and my 21-year-old co-founder and we're going to try to take Salesforce head on. <laughs> make no sense um but but some people make it happen and i think the forces that make that happen have a lot to do with the existential pressure of it, with with it being really your own and and if there's nobody to fall back on you really just have to make it happen and and i think it's a very non-linear exercise for the founding team for for the first however many people depending on how the organization is structured um where like once you get past that point where you know that if you don't figure this thing out, somebody else probably will because there's enough people. I think you lose that element of, of like survival and, and, and we're, we're animals and, and, and survival is the most powerful force that exists. And, and so I think, you know, if, if the survival of your company, if you're on existential, if you have savings even, it, like if you're fine, if your company fails, then I don't think you're faced with the right pressures that usually 
equate with being entrepreneurial. Does that make sense? Absolutely, 100%. And I hate that, that I understand what you're talking about because yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like where you look back, you look in the bank and you go, okay, I've worked really hard for that stuff and I really hate when I don't know how to pay rent or where I'm going to live the next week. So, you know, how do we find that balance? balance? I, yeah, I don't know, right? We're, I'm still certainly trying to figure it out um, in, in many ways uh, in terms of, uh, you know, not going, you know, not going broke, right? Not burning all your money because you can very easily invest a lot of money in a bunch of startups and then the next thing you know, you go, oh man. Um, yeah, but like think about Musk, right? Like he, he's famous for letting all his PayPal money go into his three companies and then having to borrow money for rent. It's like a cliche that everybody talks about. But but I don't I don't I, I don't think it's like just cool. I think it's very deliberate. Like he he was like, well, I could be independently wealthy for the rest of my life, but that would mean that I couldn't face the pressures that you need to face to create something extraordinary. So he just put himself in that like shitty position of again having to fight for survival. And so there just is something that that is unique about that. Now, is there something specific to this area? You talk about that existential like crisis sort of moment that you have to force yourself into that I actually believe that a lot of great things are, are, are generated from that pressure, right? That forcing function uh, that really drives you into action, right? Where you hit that point whether it's, you know, you've been at a job for X, Y, Z years and you're just like, I'm on zero, I have no choice, or you've tried to do the nine to five thing kind of thing and, and try to work on your projects and you just, after so many years, again, you just hit zero, you hit that wall. You know, is that something that's like specific to this area? Because it almost seems like Silicon Valley, you know, I've been coming back and forth over almost a decade now and, um, and now I've been out here almost six years straight, which is insane. Um, but, uh, but it seems like there's this pressure and expectation that exists in this area that doesn't really exist in this way in other places. Yeah, I think it's unique here in that sense. And, 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 and it's partially like the pressure and expectation. Like it, it's, it's something that's like normal and celebrated when you do that. But I also think that you could flip that and say that there's a unique support network, right? Like there, I, I think almost just as important as the, as the pressures that exist, um, there's, there's no shame in being broke. Like it, if you're, if you're running a company and, and you're kind of pedal to the metal and down to the wire, there's no shame in that. Like nobody's going to ask you what, like your 401ks or something yeah. like the, the more broke you are and the more people see that you're putting it all on the line, the more you get these incredible, brilliant people helping you out. And, and there really is a completely outsized proportion. I think of people here who have worked their asses off their whole lives like this and then have succeeded big in the end. And, 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 but, but they went through this very difficult, humbling process, and so they never grew an ego. And, 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 and they might have a tremendous net worth, but you can never tell from their attitude. And they make it their life's mission to enable others to do the same. And, and just the, I've always been broke, and I've never felt, like sometimes you'd be like, man, like it'd be nice to like have a cush job or something. But I think, then you see all the people who have made it and they kind of still act like they're broke. A lot of them because they just learn that that's not what matters. And, and it they doesn't matter. Their, they spend all their time yeah. helping others 
and, and, and it's like they're riding around town on like a scooter and wearing like baggy jeans and, and just trying to help. And, and it's, and, and just, I think puts your focus on the right things. Like it, yeah. it, it almost makes, it, I would almost like feel awkward being like, yeah, you know, I like got offered that job that pays a lot of money and yeah, I have the ability to like create value, but you know, that would be uncomfortable. So I kind of went with the high paying job. Like I kind of feel like ashamed, like I have to move to New York or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. If you were in this area with all this opportunity that's here, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I wanted to tell you a quick story. So I'm in China and this was last year and I was with a very good friend of mine who, uh, who had participated in in an, uh, an exit that it made him very, uh, you know, very independently wealthy. And I remember sitting there, we were at the best hotel in Shanghai, according to whatever ratings, you know, and, and it was cool. Don't get me wrong. We had like the best suite and it was like an insane view and everything. But one thing kept hitting me, right? It, like hitting home and, and kind of surfacing within me. And it was, well, this is cool, but it's not like that cool. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you know, it's just like my buddy and I, and we're sitting here and I kept thinking, man, like, yeah, it's cool, but I, I really wish that I had like my family around or something or like someone to enjoy it because everyone in this, like, since we had the top suite, people were just like, you know, super nice. And you could tell it was like, yeah, great service. Don't get me wrong, but it was still, it was still impersonal. It's, it was yeah. still kind of like this very weird treatment you know and, and yeah, I, it lacks lacks substance somehow yeah it lacks substance it last lacked emotion I, i'm not sure and and i remember my friend kind of missing you know his significant other and um and we just saying man this is cool and i'm glad we did it but next time you know let's really just kind of focus on being with the people we care about and i think that's one thing that you know people who have generated a lot of money a lot of the time at least in my experience uh start to realize it's not only about money. And then I think sometimes when you get there and you're like, Oh, I made more money than I've ever made. Uh, you know, should I buy like, uh, you know, Ferrari now or something, you know, it's like, you know, those things don't, I don't, th I don't know, man. I, th I don't know that they matter, but in any case, I don't want to ramble on too much Bronco. Thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. If folks want to learn more about all the great things that you're doing with get unstuck and immediately app. And I know we didn't really talk about that today, but we should at some point, cause what you're building is fantastic. And, uh, and I think you're building the, the future of the way that a salesperson really moves around and navigates and, and actually executes things and not, you know, not spending a bunch of time actually logging things. Thanks, man. Absolutely. And so what, what's your, uh, your Twitter handle that, that people could follow you at? Uh, well, it's at Bronco Cerny, which nobody will know how to spell. And so I'm sure you'll include that somewhere in a, in a caption. Absolutely. Well, have a wonderful day and yeah, we'll talk soon. <laughs> <laughs>